now featuring functional audio. It's replacement level morality, and my name is Joseph. My name's Andrew. We apologize for not being here next last week. We had a a, a, a bit of a, a noopsie when it came to our recording, but you know we're we're better now. We we are we're sounding crisp and present, and we are ready to provide hot takes. Do you are you ready to provide hot takes, Andrew? Uh, I am ready to provide lukewarm takes, as is my tradition. <laughs> Your takes can be spicy. They can, can be muy spi- caliente. I had a real spicy one last week, but that audio's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I started it off with, we should abolish all intellectual property. That's true. You did do that. You did do that. Uh, this week, though, I'm going to start with the spicy take, because this is like talking about breaking news. This literally happened this afternoon. There was a shooting at a school in Nashville a private school, uh, Herbestian school. I can't ever pronounce that word. Um, you know, private school, 200 students and three teachers. I, th- I shouldn't say teachers. Cause I don't actually know they're teachers and not three adults and three children were ultimately killed by the shooter before they were engaged by law enforcement and then themselves killed. I wouldn't normally maybe make a note of talking about a school shooting on this show because it's a sad reality of American life. Sometimes that you just have unbalanced people who find a soft target. Those soft targets are often schools because they're filled with children and female caregivers for the most part and educators. So they tend to be something where if you want to go commit violence is very, very easy to do. And that's what uh, weak, unstable people often wish to do. But this case is going, looks like it's going to shape up to be extremely important in our cultural conversation. And the reason for that is over the last couple hours, it has come to light uh, via the Nashville police that the responsible party for the shooting who, whose birth name is Audrey Hale is a uh, female to male transsexual and was very vocal about their sexual politics on social media evidently planned the entire assault in detail in their home and left a manifesto behind, which has been unreleased as of now, but apparently made the motivations for the killing clear. That's per the police. Uh, This is not information that you will find if you read CNN, despite the fact that law enforcement provided this information to the press. You have to go to the Daily Wire <laughs> to get this particular piece of information or Twitter uh, where other people who are aligned with right media have reported that fact. When Joseph su- suggested this topic, I I, th- I said, okay, I want to go to CNN and make sure I have the level zero facts straight. As of a couple hours after the police press conference, that information was nowhere to be found. Uh, the shooter was identified at, un, with female pronouns as Aubrey. Uh, there's nothing about her status as trans. There's nothing about her manifesto, which we don't have the contents of, but can make some pretty good educated guesses about. Uh, to borrow a line from our pre-show discussions, it's not cookie recipes. No, I don't suspect that there's going to be uh, music lyrics from the Beatles 
uh, in there. I think that uh, we're quite likely to see the content of this before too long. And I'm going to go way out on a limb as we record this on a Monday and it releases on a Thursday that the contents that will be revealed from this manifesto will be deeply related to this person's uh, psychosocial politics. I'm going to get my piece out before it gets stale and it might well be stale by the time this is released because it's an incredibly level zero take. Uh, But the media isn't even handed isn't always the most compelling listening. And I understand that I'm sorry in advance, but Holy crap, is this what an incredible example. This is literal domestic terrorism. She completely intends to inspire the fear that if you are not accepting, a trans person could just murder you with, with a gun. That literal terrorism. And for all of the... I probably think more justified than my co-host does fretting about domestic terrorism over the past six years. You'd think that would be a big part of the story that that's, that literally just happened. That is not. It is you we won't even find her motivations, which seem kind of important. You won't even find a mention of their very vocal and um, out to borrow a phrase, transsexual identity mentioned at all in a mainstream media article about this shooting at this time. They are not at all referencing it. And now, fortunately, they'll be made to because it's 2023. You can't actually keep information under wraps the way you could 40 years ago. Like it's yes. gonna, it's already out. It's, the, it, it's out, and because it is out. They will be forced to report on it. And that is something that everyone nostalgic for Walter Cronkite should be thankful for. The internet in the end is going to prove its value in that because the authorities have released the information. And I I don't think you can take away from the fact that this information probably got out as quickly as it did because it's in Nashville. It's not in New York. So it got out. Media organizations that aren't aligned with the mainstream very quickly ascertained exactly what we're going to see based on the available facts. And I think that it's time to talk about a very uncomfortable topic. We have had months, if not years at this point of far left agitation on the part of these transsexual advocates and the transsexuals themselves for violent opposition to anyone who doesn't support them. It has been a consistent refrain on their part for quite some time now that opposing, quote, trans rights is literally endangering their lives and that they will intimate threats towards people who disagree with this initiative on their part. We've seen protests where people will hold signs saying trans rights or else with assault rifles and pink and, and teal or whatever the colors of that ugly ass flag are. 
we have seen constant discussion about immediatizing and catastrophizing the threat uh, that something like a, a bill that prevents surgeries on minors, for example, represents to them, and the need to resist violently those that oppose them. And here we have a 28-year-old transsexual who just busted into her old school and purposefully murdered three children and three adults, planned the entire assault in advance with detailed notes and maps in their home and left behind a manifesto. Michael Knowles very purposefully poked the bear at CPAC when he said transgenderism must be eradicated from public life. He is correct. That's the take. He's right. It has to stop. It must be eradicated from public life. And I know that this is offensive to your uh, libertarian priors, Andrew, and I actually understand why, because it does intrude on the personal freedoms of a number of people who express themselves through, through this. And I guess I'm just saying that I don't care. This has always struck me as something deeply unstable and dangerous in a unique way. And that this is inevitably the consequence of permitting it to go unchecked, even among adults. And that means it needs to come to an end, regardless of the consequences that come with that. What are your thoughts? First thought is let's talk about base rates for a second until couple hours ago, almost without exception, all shootings, all school shootings were committed by straight white men. Mass shootings were performed by straight white men. There are a number of shootings in schools who are perpetrated uh, by people from different ethnic backgrounds. They just tend not to get the same level of attention because they tend to be intimate violence between small groups of people. I, I agree with this. The, the The difference between school shooting and mass shooting is severe, largely because the majority of school shootings you don't hear about because they're gang violence. There are a lot of school shootings that are not perpetrated by straight white males with assault rifles. That are not mass shootings. I, I, yes. I That is correct. There is no collective guilt in those cases. There is collective guilt in those places. It's typically from the left where they'll say, like, straight white men are a problem. That they're inherently violent. They're patriarchal. These seem basically equivalent to me to, like, ascribe to a group the actions of a particular individual. You know, rates being what they are is obviously spiked four hours ago because it's noisy and there's not a lot of signal there. There was in Cincinnati a guy who walked into an FBI office and found out that it was not a soft target. It was, in fact, a rather hard target and <laughs> yes, got he himself did. killed real fast. The entire MAGA movement is not to blame for that guy being crazy. If Trump were to be indicted, the expected number of deaths I don't think would be zero. I would expect at least one person, a juror or the judge, I would expect there to be some violence or at least 
credible threats of violence in defense of Donald Trump if he were to be indicted. There's already been rumblings about it. Yeah. And those people are also psycho monsters who should be stopped. Like, I agree that what you're describing is bad and that the guy who decided to fuck around and find out with the FBI certainly did exactly that. And that, yeah, there's probably some unstable psycho that would try and defend Donald Trump through violence. And that's part of the reason why Trump is horrific because he inspires that and goads that purposefully in people to uh, keep his political support. Uh, And it is why he is so disqualifying as a political candidate for anyone to support. Uh, And in the same way, this is the latest symptom of a completely unacceptable, I don't know, phenomenon in the civic body that no longer should be tolerated. Oh, there is a, uh, there's an update on the story. You want me to read it? Nashville shooter may have resented having to attend Covenant School, Chief says. The shooter who killed six people at Covenant School in Nashville Monday may have resented having to attend the school in the past, according to Metro Nashville Police Chief John Drake. Great name for a police chief, by the way, John Drake. (laughs) That's a guy who knows in charge. Yeah, John Drake, Chief Drake. Police said Monday they believe the 28-year-old shooter attended the school but they weren't sure what years. There's some belief that there was some resentment of having to go to that school. Don't have all the details just yet. That and that's why this incident occurred. Drake said during an interview with NBC's Lester Holt on Nightly News. So that obviously just happened at 7:30 at night. So that probably just published. Drake said the shooter targeted random people in the school. So was not specific targeted individuals. They went in trying to kill people out of resentment for having been forced to attend it. So that's probably the first hint of what's in the manifesto, which we suspected from the start when we read the available information. <laughs> like, it's going to be about this. <laughs> it's going to be 100% about this. This is a person that has been driven to extremism by gender ideology and by this adoption of a transsexual identity. And no doubt, this religious institution that they attended, uh, they bear a amount of resentment towards because I'm sh- I'm certain that they did not permit uh, transsexualism or sexual deviancy within their walls. And this person, despite the fact that they have not been at the school for probably what it was kindergarten through sixth grade. So at least 16 years uh, decided to act out the left wing violent uh, fantasies that the transsexual uh, lobby have continuously advocated for by shooting the place up, murdering three children and three adults. That's a problem. That is a problem. That sequence that I just laid out is what happened. And that th- this must have consequences because this will not be the last time it happens. This isn't some lone nut. This isn't some, some, some schizo that didn't take their meds. You know, this isn't some dude who tried to fuck around the FBI and just got killed for his trouble. This is someone who's motivated by their ideology to take revenge on their own school because they are told that it is righteous and correct and moral to visit violence on those that don't conform to their perception of their psychosocial identity. 
So I have had a problem with the punch a Nazi meme for as long as it has existed. You're correct that kill a turf today is a common refrain in some of these circles. And it's, it's a real problem. I'm not saying it's not a real problem. I'm, I am on team. This is broken. We have spent a lot of this podcast talking about how the inability to freely discuss ideas really broke people's brains in a lot of situations. The, the trans arguments, not very much included where a sociologist just couldn't publish a study that said that gender affirming care, I use in heavy air quotes, is worse for outcomes and keep their job. Yeah. So, so my question to you as uh, the representative of classical liberalism at this moment, would you ban discussion of this idea and hope that that works out better? Like, would you, how are you, how are you preventing transgenderism from existing? Like, what, what does that mean? Besides, I am mad that this thing happened and we must punish the outgroup for it happening. Like, what does that mean? Does that mean, uh, if you're a doctor and you perform surgeries, you're going to throw people in jail? Like on adults, on adults. Yeah. You know, we've we've gone so far to let people who like, oh, I'm male, so I get to use the male bathrooms when I'm a female, or just because I say so, because I I simply w- will it into being, or that you you have to respect pronouns or have all of this this enforced compliance in speech and in thought and in interactions with people. Just end that. It's like, you're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to try and punish people because they don't want to indulge your creepy sex perversions anymore and, and treat it as such, right? Like social exclusion has power and you can use that. You can wield that to ward people away from it. And then I think very importantly, like when you see people talk about, trans rights or else or kill a turf you fucking arrest those people because they're threats you don't get to say kill people as free speech i don't get to do that you don't get to do that why have they been allowed to do that you do get to do that lock lock her up was a chant for years like lock her up is different than kill a turf lock her up is She's a criminal. I want her to go to jail. And there's evidence to that. Kill a turf is, I want you to murder someone. I don't want to go all uh, lawyer on you, but Brandenburg is very clear that uh, that that won't fly. So sorry about that. But I am on team armed minorities are harder to oppress where oppress is properly defined. Uh there are no rights that trans people need in particular. You just like, I'm kind of a property rights absolutist. So if someone wanted to contract the services of a doctor to do things like waiting periods, whatever, but like if that was banned, I'd have a real problem with that. Um, But they say all the time, trans rights are human rights. I'm on team humans rights are trans rights. There are no trans specific rights. That's not a thing. So, I, 
Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of up for a reexamination of whatever rules and Supreme Court uh, decisions have constrained us in such a fashion that make it so that people who are making generalized violent threats towards those that disagree with their political position can't be prosecuted. And they should bring those prosecutions and try and force the change if required. The thing I like about you is that you're perfectly willing to lock up a bunch of Republicans if they do the same thing. I fear a lot of people would not agree with you on that. That that it's that this is this would become purely a tool to use against the outgroup. I see the danger, of course, but at the same time, if you don't take serious steps towards saying this will this is this cannot be permitted. You cannot go around talking about how you want to kill people who disagree with you. Like that that you're going to get people who take you up on it. And you know you will. And that's the thing. That's the difference between Bernie Sanders talking about how it's super important to the lives of everyone that they have healthcare and then some nut job shooting up the 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 softball game because they took that to the super logical extreme and that's not actually his fault and that's true that is true that's not bernie sanders fault that that happened even even though the shooter gave that as his reasoning it's not his fault someone decided to take that to mean go kill congressmen that are preventing it from happening that is a bridge too far and that's that's perfectly fine by me. But when you're out there in the paint saying you need to do exactly what we say or we're going to kill you, that has to be illegal. You have to be able to jail people for that. You have to be able to say that is not acceptable because you are really wanting someone to take you up on it. We're going to fucking see it with this dude. It's just broke. So we haven't yet, but you're going to see apologetics for this across the left wing for the rest of the week that this person was perfectly was driven to this. And this is really, you know, the, the, the quote unquote transphobes fault. This person was alienated by this terrible Christian school that forced them to abandon their true selves. And really, isn't it their fault that they got shot? You're going to fucking see it. They're not going to have a, a moment of remorse over this. And that's why you have to draw a firm line and say, if you are out there saying commit violence and then someone does Every one of you are in the dock next. Period. I don't hate that as much as as I expected to. Just because you have to tie it to a concrete threat. And if we just have a rule that you can debate whatever you want, just don't threaten violence against people that you disagree with, I'm okay with that. Although it might... Uh, it might seriously impede the sale of Reddit gold. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Reddit most affected. <laughs> but I mean, but it would, though. The, the right wing observes this rule all the time. You don't hear them talking about, you know, going out and killing their political opposition. I don't think this is true. I don't think this is even a little bit I true. I observe their circles all the time. They don't cross that line because they know they can't. They know that because they are the outgroup with no purchase within the halls of power that any excuse provided to those to oppress them will be used. 
You don't see even the Nick Fuenteses of the world, the most objectionable, furthest right wing people possible out there talking about, you know, wanting to uh, commit violence in any way. In fact, they disavow violence. They tell people on purpose, don't be violent. Don't do anything illegal. We don't want you to take those steps. They don't march with signs that that make a, a direct threat, not a veiled threat, not a come and take it, not a, I'll defend my liberty, not a, you know, a, I will, you know, I have a second amendment right, you know, nothing like that. Like all of that's fine because it's not actually a threat. It's the left who feels emboldened enough to go out there and threaten people directly to their face because they know there won't be consequences for it. I look forward to sending you every example to the contrary for the next month or so. I I imagine I'll get no less than five. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I will accept any examples of direct threats issued on social media by those with even a small but appreciable following, right? It can't be some like rando anime avatar. Those don't count. Right. It's got to be a real person and it's got to be a direct threat to violence. But yeah, if you can, if you can find three over the next month, I'll, I'll, I will admit you were correct. I will amend my position and say, you are correct. All right. I think this will be interesting. Yeah. No, I, I'm willing. I, I feel confident in my proclamation that I don't see the right do that because I follow some really far right people to kind of like keep an eye on like what that's those circles are doing. Like January 6th adjacent people, you know, it's how I have, I'm steeped in their lore. You know, I'm invested in their drama. So I like to follow them. And even they are like, they put things in uh, what we'll call it book of revelation tones <laughs> when they want to like convey those thoughts, but they don't ever issue a threat because they know the consequences of that. I learned the term lol cow from you. I'm surprised you never heard it before. That's that's not a thing outside of lull cows farms. They're 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 cows you milk for lulls. I, 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 it's a metaphor. Them. Yeah. By the way, there's already a 30, uh, 32 uh, page thread, 40 page thread. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Kiwi Farms already has some. Some key information. Um, goes to show like what online flus. So someone found their uh, the the shooters uh, Reddit history. There's a reason I'm scared to get on the bad side of a certain part of the internet. I, I like, I know, I know defenses of David French are verboten here, but like, I do think it made an impact on him seeing his daughter photoshopped into, you know, gas the uh, chambers. Like, I you can't that can't not have an impact on you. It's just a, an experience that's going to be with you the rest of your life. I don't get that personally. Um... Maybe it's because I was involved in a very niche internet culture from a young age. Yeah, that that's definitely just, it. Like if, just you played, like, if you played COD, you build up the skin. But yeah. for a certain like person from an age, dare I say, with more decorum, 
You, you don't have that. I have a lot of people talk about all of the sex they were having with my mother. You know, like, all of the time. So, yeah. I guess I've I've expelled my hot take. I've tried to behave myself as best as possible in my turn of phrase and use of language. I did um, good. I good. Um, I I've never I've obviously never been a fan, to say the least, of the idea of this stuff being tolerated. I find it kind of disgusting and perverted and um doesn't really have a place i think in 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 society at all uh you know at the same time i have to restrain that impulse by you know understanding people have the rights to do things i disagree with and that their right to do so must be respected even at the cost of my personal uh opinion because that defends my own rights and i've always tried to make that kind of my primary reaction when I see that to say, well, as long as it's adults, I can hate it all I want, but they need to be permitted to do things I hate and you use that and, and use that. And I, I just <laughs> think that I, I think that over the last uh, 18 months in particular, I felt that uh, impulse leave me entirely. And then I've reached a point where I don't think we can afford to ignore it any further out of uh, comedy for shared rights, because uh, our rights frankly, uh, have not been respected. And so I'm in not in the mood to respect what they perceive to be theirs any longer either. The emperor summons before embodied Harma and says, master, I've been tolerant of innumerable gays, lesbians, bisexuals, asexuals, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, transgender people, and Jews. How many virtue points have I earned for my meritorious deeds? But Harma asks, none answers, none at all. The emperor somewhat upset demands to know why. Bharadharma asks, well, what do you think of gay people? The emperor answers, what do you think I am, some sort of bigot? Of course I have nothing against gay people. And Bharadharma answers, thus do you gain no merit by tolerating them. I I completely understand what you mean, that the the rights of people to peaceably and inoffensively disagree have not have not been respected. There was a terrible story today of a Pokemon regional championship where uh, a 6-0 player who was excited and nervous to be on camera was asked his pronouns and he was nervous so he chuckled a little bit because this was unusual and he said oh uh, he him I forget the third one and he's like laughing oh his 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 and the judge uh, reported that that made them feel uncomfortable and this player was disqualified. This is their side of the story. There could very well be more of it. There often is when judges DQ people. This was Pokemon, so it's not magic. So it's a little, I have a little less confidence in the judge program, but that's their side of the story. And as reported, I find it not implausible and also pretty horrific. I don't want to derail us too deep into our own personal subcultures, but I have personally uh, dreaded the day I play well enough to play on camera. And someone asked me that question. And if someone asked me that question, I was, I was going to refuse to answer. I was going to say, I'm not going to disclose that information and just leave it at that. And if I got disqualified, I would have left. 
then I would have I've been like, I'm not engaging in this. I'm not going to tell you you can't. I'm not telling you can pick ones for me. I'm not saying you can't conduct yourselves. But if you're asking me to indulge in your weird fantasy stuff, I'm not doing it. Uh, anyone who sees me knows exactly what pronouns I use. And that's the f- reason why this is completely fucking stupid. You have a beard. <laughs> I say this with uh, a lot of love as someone uh, a little worryingly close to the spectrum myself. But there's something incredibly autistic about ignoring intentionally and obtusely all of the nonverbal signals that people send about what gender they identify as. You are wearing a polo shirt and you have a beard and you have short hair. Like you are sending a bunch of male signals that someone has to be intentionally obtuse to ignore. And if they're like, I, I know you don't go with me on this journey, but if someone is sending all those signals and then they say, Oh, I'm, I actually go by she, her, I have no problem with that, but in 99.9 plus percent of cases, if you go by the signal someone is deliberately sending, even a trans person who will typically attempt to pass as their preferred gender, you will not misgender someone. And they, them as a default is misgendering someone. So I have, I have put my pronouns as he, him under kind of, not happily, but because I was referred to as a they and it was uncomfortable. I don't, I'm a he. I am deliberately sending a bunch of signals that I am a he. Please call me a he. I shouldn't need to tell you. And if someone does tell you and overrides the incredibly accurate presumption that people will try to match their preferred pronouns with other nonverbal signals, that's fine. I that's been a long time coming. I'm, th- it's very yeah. frustrating to me. It is. Uh, and uh, did I ever tell you about how I got a judge called on me by for misgendering someone once? Did, I am zero percent shocked that this happened to you. I am a little bit shocked that you haven't said it before. Yeah, well, because this was this was a circumstance in which it was done entirely on accident. Okay. Uh, playing against a player, uh, I suspected that this person was not a natal female, but it was someone who was, as you had just kind of talked about, making all of the effort in the world to appear and present as a woman. And I said, used female pronouns, I think, the first time I referred to them uh, in the third person, which I typically wasn't because I was using their name because I was talking to them. And all it was, was they asked a clarifying question about if I had delirium or not, because I cast on a holy heat. And I said, yes, sir. Called the judge. You clearly did not mean sir as an address. Yes, sir, is its own phrase, somewhat ironically invoking military traditions in a clearly obscenely casual context that you're playing a card game. That's that's the irony that's involved there. Right. I and, and am someone that's almost on the spectrum, distressingly close, and I picked <laughs> up the those of the social rules. I said it like that. Yes, sir. You know, like just like yeah. like like just answering the question in the affirmative. And then I call the judge like, 
use the male pronouns to describe. I said, uh, I just described what happened. I said, uh, asked if I had delirium. And I said, yes, sir. And uh, just said it as a casual turn of phrase to confirm the answer. And that was the end of my defense. And the judge is like, I don't see a problem here. Do you see a problem here? And I asked the other player after I made that ex- explanation. And she said, no. <laughs> I said, okay, in your match. <laughs> <laughs> I understand you, uh, you took some time to watch a political rally. Oh, yeah. that's not what happened. Oh, tell me what happened. I don't, I don't do primary sources. I just get my feed from tw- my info from Twitter. What could go wrong? I didn't have the heart to watch it, but uh, the the story is that there was a January sixth choir where a bunch of people in jail because of January sixth recorded themselves singing the national anthem, and it was built into a collage or into not it's either a collage or a choir and broadcast at this rally i know i know there's not much space for the but my norms but i am i'm even in personal life i am a prude among prudes i am i am pro politeness i am pro propriety (laughs) you are you're so nice uh propriety this is not I try not to. I, everyone's made up their mind about January sixth, and I, I kind of think that's fine for the most part. Uh, there's a lot of stupid takes to go around, and I try not to talk about it. I I prefer to talk about the Brad Raffensperger call because of like ways to subvert democracy. Pressuring a Secretary of State is like a real thing that has a non-zero chance of success, whereas just like. Let's break into the Capitol and hopefully hang Mike Pence is not a real thing. Yeah, the Brad Raffensperger call is at least an interesting legal question because it comes down to how do you interpret Trump's comments? Do you mean find me the votes to say manufacture them and and falsify the results? Or I believe I have been cheated and that there are legitimate votes out there that you must just simply find by doing your job, right? Like then there's a real question there as to like, what is the correct legal interpretation of Trump's intent in making that call? Can you make a judgment? Is it, is it possible to say with any certainty what his intention was? I think you could, you could say that both (laughs) nearly so are accurate, but January 6th, that's just, that's just, that was just a fucking crime. (laughs) It was just criminal. I don't know that I particularly care, which is like, I, I I understand it's legally relevant. I don't really care about the law in that case. I just think it's like completely disqualifying to be like, oh, hey, yeah. you, sh- you should get me more votes. No, I mean, um, it's disqualifying for sure. And <laughs> and even on January 6th, I think there's a lot to really that would hasn't been hasn't been brought forward that needs to be about FBI and law enforcement infiltration, who is informants, what did they know in advance? What 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 did they think was going to happen? Uh, you know, what did they let happen on purpose because they wanted to get some people? What did it spiral out of control? Like, was it like, oh, we're going to have some people who are going to cross the line and then we're going to fucking get them and all of this. And then it just, holy shit, they're in the fucking building. What do we do? There's a lot I'd love to know about that element of January 6th. But even that aside, clearly a bunch of criminal rioters decided to break in and had extremely ill intent in doing so. 
And I'm completely open to FBI malfeasance in any and all cases. Yes, like, let's, you're a big let's, fan of prosecuting FBI this. malfeasance. Yes. <laughs> any, any time to get those boys uh, in some trouble, uh, jam those guys up. You're up for it. And I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, so what, the theme of this podcast is prosecute everyone. Yes. I, Maybe that's the I, title, prosecute everyone. I, yes. I'm, I'm here for prosecuting the FBI who are like clearly into getting people to do crimes that they don't want to do. And you're here for prosecuting the rioters. And together we can just say prosecute everyone. But yes. that's not what I wanted to have a conversation about how over the past six years plus. I have been, I have found myself in my hopefully self-aware ways pretty reflexively siding with the opposition because everyone is doing bad things. Uh, welcome to politics as a libertarian. Enjoy your stay. But even it, during the Trump years, there was a, the big phrase was professional major, managerial class. I'm like, oh, that describes me. I'm a professional and the professional class who cares about propriety and niceness. And a lot of my, I, I'm self-aware enough to note that a lot of my dislike of Trump for all the like, oh, but he broke this norm. Like every president breaks norms. He was an ass. And I hated that. I hated it so much. Yeah. I hated that the president was on Twitter writing in all caps being kind of a national embarrassment and i hate that biden is being a national embarrassment when like his wife has to come get him and remind him where he's supposed to be at world summits i'm, I'm with you too i share the same disdain for trump at my at my core that he is a doofus <laughs> and a shit poster and these are not things presidents should be you should have decorum you should uh Want be a leader. Act, you should be a leader. You should be a servant leader. Like, you, you, we, you should actually like expertise. <laughs> we go to like so many garbage continuing education classes about like what it means to be a leader in the 21st century. Like I hate them because it's so intuitively obvious what it means. Like I could, I could, I can and do pass all the tests before I do the course. But it's because of people don't do the things that we have to take those classes. That is correct. It's why this coffee says it's hot. <laughs> you know, like, because someone fucked it up, right? So, you know, at its core, you and I share the same reason we dislike Trump, which is we think presidents should be presidents and not clowns. So I don't, I don't want to make this about Trump, but I do think there's a real... The National Review types, who I have my disagreements with, but in terms of like steering the raw energy of the, uh, say this with affection, the people who live in rural areas um, towards things I like, like free markets and mostly free markets, actually, who they don't care. They, they do not care. They, they like if Trump wants to put tariffs on China, they have no priors other than China is bad and U.S. steelmaking is good. And therefore, I'm in favor of this. And a vague understanding that the globalization of manufacturing resulted in the reason why their dad and granddad lost their jobs to begin with. 
Or if they didn't lose their jobs, why they are doing so badly with a, with just a high school education, like just right. a high school education. Things used to be better in the past. We didn't trade with China. China, therefore, is bad. Like they have these elemental pieces in their understanding, even if like the nuance of it is beyond them. I have a lot of contempt for the things used to be better argument because like you can do a 1960s standard of living on like half my income. It's totally possible to do the sole breadwinner thing if you don't have AC or a washing machine or a cell phone or uh, about half of your house because all the houses are smaller. Like that's totally feasible. Things are legitimately worse for males with a high school education and they know it as Mark Rosewater says all the time. They might be bad at solutions, but the people, the demos, sure can tell you that there is a problem, and you should listen to that. My concern, and the primary will tell a lot of this is true, is that the national review types have lost control of the party for good. That the the a piece of American exceptionalism that I really valued was that the conservative small C party was as much an economic thing as a social thing. Cause in a lot of other countries, every European j- democracy, the conservative party is called the social conservatives. It's social culture war things. And I actually care a lot that we continue to have free markets and be economically dynamic i think if we aren't economically dynamic and china is that's going to be a real bad time or not china because as we say on this podcast china is at its peak right now but if we allow ourselves to give into stagnation that will have serious negative consequences agreed and the the core of the gop I don't love it. I I wish it was more like you. I wish it was better. I, I think uh, I, I think you are saying I think you are conflating Trump cultists with the core of the GOP. I will say I agree in part that the national review element of the party is far less influential uh, than it used to be because the Trump part of the of the party just simply wasn't activated slash motivated to engage in the political process very much. And because they weren't engaged, the people who were tended to be those that would give greater um, purchase to the national reviews of the world in terms of influencing perspective and policy. At the same time, even in this state, the Trump support is like, 30 to 35% of the party in terms of like the hardcore. Uh, The numbers will vacillate depending on if you're looking at a state poll or a national poll. And right now I think like national polls are just kind of garbage for the primary race. I don't think that there, any of those are, are real yet because, you know, first of all, like someone like DeSantis isn't even technically in a race yet. And you're going to when I think when Barack Obama was running in 2007. So, you know, before they even had their first primary contest at the beginning of 08, he had similar national poll figures uh, that DeSantis has right now in these polls. Uh, but what happened? You know, he won Iowa. 
right? And then suddenly things shifted very quickly. He lost New Hampshire, but it was close. But then he won South Carolina. And then it suddenly those national polls just switched, right? So not only do I think the national polls are a little loose, they also don't really matter very much because that's not how primaries are conducted. They're conducted on a state-by-state basis. And the sense of momentum and the sense of success can very quickly, over the course of days, shift that poll dramatically. And I, I think Ron DeSantis remains the most likely winner of the 2024 GOP nominating process. I really do. I think that once he gets into the race, uh, he is in extremely good position to win all four of the first states. I think he'll win Iowa just the same way that uh, Trump lost Iowa the last time. So he'll probably lose it again. He'll, Trump will lose New Hampshire. Uh, he'll lose South Carolina. The only one he's got a shot at is Nevada because of the level of service employees present. And I think that Ron DeSantis could easily find a way to victory there because a lot of the institutional party there likes Ron DeSantis a lot and could really put up a good ground game for him and make up the the territory that he'd otherwise um, be down with that demographic. And once, uh, if you have a Ron DeSantis that shows up and wins the first four presidential nominating contests and then you go into Florida where Ron DeSantis probably wins again, then really what is, what is, what is Trump doing? You know, like what, what hope does he have? Right. So I, I, think with with that in mind uh trump's support numerically is more uh phantasmal than real i think it's a bit of it, i don't want to call it an illusion because it's still like there's there's a presence there and you can kind of make it out there's this sort of general yeah i guess trump <laughs> like people who aren't super engaged in politics people who don't really necessarily are you know, i'm plugged in enough to know what's going on or like, yeah, I guess Trump again. Right. Um, and that once there's an alternative, someone that's on the ground who definitely is showing that they can beat Joe Biden and be president of the United States, you're going to see that soft support slough off and Trump's only going to be left with his hardcore. And then even that hardcore might be diminished partially by DeSantis. Who's got a lot of those people in his corner. I hope you're right, but I fear you're wrong. Uh, uh, my my faith has been shaken by the last couple of polls, and I share your skepticism about polls generally. Um, nobody nobody has rallies like Trump does, and I I have been a part of the political class that has underestimated his support too many times to be. Uh, to trust Lucy with the football again. Uh, but you're better at prognosticating the the ground game politics than I am. I really hope you're right. I mean, there's a lot of time between now and when any votes will be cast, even on a primary level. So here we are in March. Hard to know even where things are going to look in December when we'll be kind of like really gearing up into the first contests. And then we even really haven't even had uh, the first taste of Ron DeSantis, the candidate versus Trump, the candidate, let alone a debate. I mean, you want to talk about an unrestricted shit show. That first GOP debate, because I think it's going to be in the summer 
July or August or something like that. Oh boy. Like that's going to be brutal. And that first one might matter more than any other political event of the entire season. That is going to be where a lot of decisions get made by a lot of voters about is Ron DeSantis someone who can actually beat Donald Trump or not, you know? And if he, if he fucks it up at the start, he may never come back. So I don't want to say, you know, it's definitely going to happen because he does actually have to beat him (laughs) as we've talked about. Like he just has to beat him. So that means you have to face him and you have to best him. Uh, But I think he's dialing in that strategy. I think he's been better at it than people want to give him credit for because they're freaking out over numbers in a way they shouldn't. I think that, yeah. And, and I get the, the reason why, cause he was so high right after the, of 20, the midterm and it looked like he could just really take it, but that's not how things work, right? You get the big flash of attention and then what happens? You kind of go back, reset back to normal. You know, you start seeing as like, oh, it's, it's going to be Trump. We'll just kind of wait and see what happens. But yeah, Trump, I guess Trump's Trump's what I'm comfortable with. And a lot of those people are very movable. You just have to prove to them that it's time to move. You have to convince them to move, you know, and convince them that they kind of have to make a change here and that it's okay. I, I am the thing you like. I'm just in a package that's more palpable to everybody else. And that's really the message he has to get across in his campaign is in for the nominee, right? Like talking just about the GOP nominating process. He has to establish himself as someone who can inherit the things about Trump that people really liked, which was a combative personality and a willingness to say F you whenever he has to. And a concern about the working class in the United States and a willingness to fight cultural wars, uh, topics and win. And he's got the, he's positioning himself to do all of that, but then also has to make the negative case against Trump to say, I'm everything that you wanted in this role. And I don't have the baggage of the guy who paid off porn stars that he fucked not to talk about it. And I can execute. Yeah. Oh, and I'm Trump actually couldn't do anything. Yeah. He didn't he didn't know how. Yeah, yeah, like that takes work. Yeah, he's got to point at Trump and say, This is the man who talked a big game and delivered on nothing. You know, we all got sucked into it. He can kind of even involve himself in the conversation that way to say, I saw it as endorsement. That's just why I got elected governor of Florida. He says it all the time, and he's right. Because I thought he was really on to something. I believed in him too. And then he fucked it all up for all of us. He Turns out up- there is no border wall. There's no wall. He fucked up COVID. I had to like find my own path. I was following him and I realized he was going down a wrong path and I had to recorrect. Oh, he could, there is such a line he can take here to say, I'm with you. I also believed in him. And then he failed all of us. We have to move on. Thanks for what you, you know, what you've done, Don, but it's over. Okay. You're over. You have to be over. You fucked up too bad. You know, and Trump is going to freak out. Trump is going to react to this, you know, and, and call him run the sanctimonious. You're fat. Your wife's ugly. He's going to say it all right. Like he's, he's gonna, he's going to act like a schoolyard child 
And if you're on DeSantis, because you know that's what's going to happen. You know that's going to be the counterpunch. He's just going to make it personal and ugly, and he's going to bring up every flaw, and he's going to say shit. And then instead of worrying about those individual things, you just look direct into the camera and you say, I'm as tired of this as you. I'm tired. I, I also don't want this anymore. Do you want this? You know, just 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 look at the camera because as exasperated as everyone else and say, I've had enough. Have you had enough? No, you look into the camera and say, I I just watched him insult my wife who's currently battling cancer. I can't I can't hit the guy because he's got Secret Service protection. But would you do me a favor and not fucking vote for him anymore, please? I Can just, we move on? I've seen so much from from Republicans that make, makes me think they won't care. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you're right. I think Trump in 2016, which is, which is the last time you had to like really, you know, face the ele- the primary electorate. When you think about it, so it's been some time. He won with a tiny sliver of the vote. Yep. He never really had a plurality. And what happened was, there was a rally around the flag because everyone decided as much as they didn't like Trump, they hated Hillary more. Like, listen, I don't want him to be the weapon of choice, but everybody else kind of fucked up or sucked. You know, like, was I going to vote for a Carly Fiorina or whatever, or Ted Cruz who, you know, like rolled over after Trump insulted his wife or John Kasich. Are you kidding me? Come on. You know, Marco Rubio. Like, no, I'm not, I'm sorry. None of those guys were it, but if you've left me with this crazy man and a woman I know is horrifically corrupt, I'm going to take the crazy man. He seems fun. <laughs> like He's saying some things I like, and he's going to appoint conservative justices, which is the smartest thing he fucking did. Like as far as like bottom line, political transactions, him literally going and saying, I will appoint all of the incredibly conservative justices you want. I'm going to outsource the whole judge thing to, you know, the, 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 uh, federalist society. And then you guys pick and I'll just like, give me three options and I'll just pick one. <laughs> like, And it was so smart because it bought him the loyalty of everyone who was suspicious of him. And then he got the evangelicals by making Mike Pence's vice president. And like, yes, I understand these religious people. I don't understand them and they're never going to understand me. But if I get one of theirs and say, listen, you're in, you're in the house. What do you want? You want to vote for the, you want to vote for Hillary Clinton and see what happens? Like, I mean, it was, that's why he won. So he, he seems to have this hold over the Republican party because it's had no choice, but to maintain a, 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 solidarity with him because he was the standard bearer. He was the president. And then he was going to be the nominee in 2020 didn't matter. Right? Like with that as the case, he seems to have a control over things. Well, he doesn't really have control over things anymore. You've got a whole bunch of people who are his acolytes have their own agendas and can very easily start jumping ship. If it looks like there's another ship to jump to, you know, like there, there, this is the moment of weakness when it comes to his holdover things. And we're about to arrive at the, at the, at the time of choosing. And it, it's going to be a horrible, bloody mess from like June until April of 24. Then we're going to get like a couple months of a breather and then we're going to get the general election. And it's going to be, it's actually probably not going to be as bad because Ron DeSantis will just 
look so much better than Joe Biden that I don't think it'll be close. It's going to be like a, a, a Bush versus Dukakis kind of situation where someone's just getting blown out. Quietly blown out, you know? There's going to be a lot of like, yeah, <laughs> it's time. Ron seems fine, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't, I still don't think that matchup's close. Like, no, yeah, it's not close. It's not close. Like, you know, I don't even, you know, here's a bold prediction for you. And this is, this is clearly a stretch because I'm going to assume, continue to assume Ron DeSantis wins the nomination. But if he does, and Joe Biden is a Democratic nominee, they're going to give up pretty quick in the mainstream media. I don't think they're going to be able to maintain the DeSantis is just secretly Trump. In fact, he's worse energy for very long. They're going to try it. It's going to get nowhere. He's going to have like a, he's going to be winning in the polls by like 10 points. And they're going to be like, okay, well, we've got to, we've got to tone it down because this guy's going to be president and we can't lock ourselves out of dealing with him by treating him like this. That's going to be the calculus is we have to prepare ourselves to survive in this new era. This man hates the media to begin with. If we treat him like this during this entire presidential campaign, and he's going to clearly win no matter what anyway, then we're in trouble. So that means I have to start treating him fairly or I will never get inside the door with him ever. Right. So that's, that's my, that's my way out there prediction. All right. Well, I hope you're right. Thanks for giving me a heart. Appreciate you. It was good. It was good. I'm here for the rants. So there we go. Thanks for listening to Replacement Level Morality. We'll talk to you later.